Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Gizzard Terrier. It's me, Will Eli. It's me, Joe. We're here to talk about something that I've been meaning to talk about with some people. with, uh, And I think, Joe, you're one of the best people to talk to about this. Um, so, not that long ago, we talked about No Way Home, right? Spider-Man No Way Home? Yeah, yeah, that was a... Uh... That was a fun ride. In fact, they uh, recently released uh, a uh, extended edition with like uh, the some deleted scenes mm-hmm. uh, in theaters. Yeah, some extended moments. <clears throat> and I've been noticing com- stuff on uh, on social media. Uh, a major criticism that I feel that the movie tends to have, and that got me to thinking: Is that necessarily a bad thing? Is that necessarily something that we should criticize? Is it? Because a lot of people feel like th- like this is something that, you know, it's just for the fans. It's just for, you know, doesn't really mean anything. And obviously that, that, that comment is fan service, right? And so that got me to thinking, is fan service necessarily a bad thing? Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's many like ways to take that fan service. <clears throat> obviously, if you're an anime fan, you immediately think of a certain stuff that happens in anime. That certain you... certain uh, little uh, you know TNA as they call it, right? Yes, a little TNA. Um, heck, even some um, fans are fan comic book movie fans are now doing that. Really, you know, it's like you know, Snowy Home is like a big fan servicey movie, like. Oh, you love those two, the you know, <clears throat> amazing and Raimi Spider Man. This is all for you. And while I understand where they're coming from, I feel like that's not completely an invalid criticism. But essentially, this is what the conversation is going to go. Is fan service necessarily a bad thing? And first off, we're going to talk about the difference. Of fan service, like different types of fan service. Yes, because yeah, like fan service can mean different things for different types of genres mm-hmm. and like uh, stories, right? Yeah. Um, like in my head, like yeah, because like fan service is just so very it can be like such a it's such a broad term. Like like you said, uh, for some anime fans, like when they think of fan service, it's like oh, it's uh, you know, it's the beach episode, you know, or yeah. like or the hot springs episode or something like that, where like you get to see you know something that's probably that's <clears throat> most likely gonna promote the mo- the I was the model kits. Uh, no, that's for me <laughs> for model for oh uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no, for the figures I guess. Uh, I mean yeah, or like just like hey, uh, you know, it's these characters or whatever. Uh, in outfits that you know, are pleasing to the eye for some people, I mm-hmm. guess, is what you would probably say to that. Yeah. But then, obviously, uh, that doesn't pertain to, like, how people talk about No Way Home, where, like, the fan service of that is just, hey, getting to see all three of the live-action Spider-Man, uh, uh, Spider-Man on screen together and uh, having them interact with each other and doing all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. people see that as fan service because for a long time, yeah, people... Have wanted like some like version of like uh, of a Spider Verse, but in live action with you know Tom and Andrew and Toby. Yeah, and we get that. We got that from the No Way Home, and uh, and I do understand what you mean from the criticism. Like, oh, the only reason why so many people like this movie is just for that. They they caught villains <clears throat> from the past. Yeah, like it's all like based on like you know 
past nostalgia, and that's why the why people like it. it like they say that like that you know that's sort of like you know doesn't mean that the movie is good, right? Because mm-hmm. it's entirely based on that stuff, you know. Um, and I definitely kind of get the I like, get the point of that criticism, mm-hmm. but I feel like it misses out on like that like the way all these characters are used, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like if it was, like, pure, like, regular bait fan service of the type of, like, oh, just getting to see all these characters again, like, I, w- I would compare it to, say, like, a Ready Player One. Okay, yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, because in Ready Player One, obviously, it's a huge, <clears throat> like, pop culture, like, yeah. like there's, a, it's, there's a bunch of, like, pop culture references here and there and everywhere, mm. right? Um... <clears throat> And you can say that's fan service, but the difference between I think the fan service in like Ready Player One and in uh, No Way Home is that a good chunk of the stuff that is shown in Ready Player One mm-hmm. really is just there to be there, right? It has no like story significance or anything of the sort. No, like seeing oh Chun Li and uh, friggin' Tracer from Overwatch, a bunch of the uh, Master Chiefs running around. That's it's, cool it's, to look it's at. Haley, it's a uh, Harley and Joker right over there. It's their like in Chucky, Arkham, you know. Yeah, and his Arkham outfits, and there's like the uh, the King Kong. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I feel like a lot of the a lot of um of Blair Player One is just like it, the whole that's the whole point is like nostalgia, right? Yeah. And like, really, like for me, I was talking I was talking this to a, to a coworker a long time ago. Um, for me, most the the big story of it was that the creator. On how, like, he missed out on life, hence why he made this sort of, like, VR world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to, like, kind of escape it. But he'll, he never forgets the the thing that um that that he lost out on. Which is, like, such a touching and, like, really the real story, I feel. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, like, I, I think... As as to what I was saying, yeah. um, you know, that's I think that's the difference because in No Way Home, like, yeah, we get all these uh, villains back and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're given like characters to go through. Like, it's not just like a hey, you need to watch like the other Spider Man movies to get who these guys are. No, no, they, no. they give them like enough decent run back to be like, okay, this is this guy's deal. This is that guy's deal. Yeah. You know, and uh, we get to see like. You know, like, general like, character moments with them. And, obviously, I think one of the big ones is that Green Goblin has such a profound effect on, uh, you know, the MCU Spidey, you know? Yeah, on Tom's... Uh, yeah, Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Uh, you know, getting to see that interaction, obviously. Um, because Green Goblin is is such, like, a f- like the villain for Spider-Man. He has caused so much pain in Spider-Man's life and, and like, in the comics... In the movies now too, especially in this iteration, he's the he's the cause of death for Aunt May. Mm-hmm. He's the reason why she's dead, and it in in like in if that at that point it stops becoming kind of like a fan service. He you know for me the the idea of fan service is no longer valid for that because like no this character has an effect on the on on the character. Stuff is going on and it affects the you know the story. Yeah, it's not there just to be there. Yeah, which I feel like that's where 
fan service is bad when it's just there to like, oh, look, it's blank from blank. And it doesn't add anything to the story. No, I agree with that. Uh, honestly, when it comes to like that type of fan service of like, hey, it's this guy, you know, just hanging out. And it's like, does he do anything interesting or is uh, pushing the narrative? No, it's just, he's, just, he's just there. He does it good. It's like the pizza guy from Spider-Man 2 was just there yelling at to get some, to or to get their pizza order out it's like all right that's a that's a bizarre cameo mm-hmm. uh that adds really nothing uh to, to this uh, but i mean yeah like yeah that type of fan service i mean that's why i think sometimes with marvel movies they add like they put that stuff toward you know in the post credits right yeah it, it, you know it's like they'll add like maybe character reveals or like mm-hmm. various other things like uh, you know, like just to like that way they're out of the way for the main story because obviously they know that that's gonna interrupt the flow of yeah. some things and it's just gonna be like, why is that even there? Yeah. yeah besides just re- regular fan service, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like that's sort of a good way of like handling that sort of stuff is just like not put it in the main story mm-hmm. of of that sort of thing. Yeah, because yeah, I think like you know, fan service can be done well. Like, I, mean, I think No Way Home is a great example of that because all of that fan service means something in the end. It's not yeah. just a bunch of random cameos of characters and being like, all right, now we're done with that, you know? Yeah, no, they, they add to the story. They sort of like, because essentially it, it all boils up to like, like what makes Spider- Tom Holland Spider-Man Spider-Man. He learns from like other Spider-Man that one, he's not alone, that he's going to be, that they all share a common thing mm-hmm. and that is loss. Right, you know they all. The moment they're like, you know, great power, great responsibility, and people would be like, some people would probably be like, oh, sure, that line. But like, no, it means something. It was Aunt May's last words, and it was also Ben's last words to each Spider-Man. Yeah, and you know, obviously, like the the big moment, right? Where like, like, wait, how do you know that? It's like because my uncle Ben said it the night he died. Yeah, and it's like maybe the, 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 that's where like it, they all like they understand each other, right? Yeah. And that's what builds off that that like commodity and like that that sort of brotherhood that they have with each other. Like we've all lost someone. Yeah. And because throughout the Peter, like Tom's Peter is like, you guys don't know how it feels. I don't care anymore. I'm going. And then and both Tom and I'm Tom, Andrews and Toby's are like, hey, you know, we've been there. We know how you feel. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the whole point of that. Like, we know. We know, kid. We know. That's why we're here. You know. It, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, to, to go... To move away from, like, this the, the, the whole Spider-Man one, uh, I sometimes uh, some fan service is like, oh, it's there just to be, like, Google that or something. Yeah. And in terms of the anime fans, but, like... Because I remember in one of our earlier episodes, it was me, Daniel, and uh, <clears throat> Kelvin talking about... He felt that Claymore, which is this anime where uh, super-powered women uh, with Claymores uh, uh-huh. fighting demons. And for him, it was he felt there was two fan servers. And I was like, really? Because there wasn't any fan service in there. But like... The, the concept, right? Of, of fan service within, like, in the anime community. <clears throat> it's, it's obviously... It's, it's the TNA, yeah. Yeah. And... But to, to, but to, I, to which I contradict him, it's like, well, no, it's not... Men, it's not flashy. Right. Yeah, like it doesn't. It's just normal. There's a difference between like treating something normal 
fan service to like, oh, we get, we're putting it on like on a pedestal or something. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna ask, like, are these women scantily dressed or are they in? Like, no, they're they're in armor. Okay, then yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there are moments where like they're, <clears throat> you know, in the nude. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, yeah, because I guess it depends on the, uh, the scenario. Because obviously, yeah. uh, um, I guess like characters changing clothes into the shower or whatever mm-hmm. uh, probably wouldn't be seen as fan service in an anime. You know, I don't know. Uh, no, because it's just them taking a shower. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just the way it would be framed. Yeah. Uh, if it focuses on certain shot certain angles that like you, you watch anime you know what we're talking about yeah yeah um but yeah it's uh i know i definitely understand that because mm-hmm. i yeah because yeah in anime like yeah that's sort of like how most people kind of use fan service even though i feel like there are like other methods of fan service that get uh, like similar fan service to how what fan service like no way home has that probably happens mm-hmm. in anime Probably off the top of my head, I can think of like in uh, like Dragon Ball Super, they started doing like they would have like occasional references to like the like the old Dragon Ball anime. Yeah, like you know, like them having to relearn the whole uh, uh, what is it, the Master Roshi like evil containment field thing. Oh yeah, <clears throat> like you could consider that kind of fan service because it's like, oh hey, it's that thing from like the first Dragon Ball anime that like fucking. Barely anyone remembers because no one remember, no one really watched Dragon Ball. They just watch Z. So it's like it, a, American you, audience, yes. Yeah, American audience, yeah. But like, it's a nice little like, oh hey, yeah, that technique, mm-hmm. yeah, let's use that. Or uh, probably uh, more recently, I think with Dragon Ball, like superhero. Yeah. Uh, there, I I think that's kind of like somewhat of a fan servicey kind of film. It is entirely a fan servicey film. There's a lot of like nods and like image like. Basically, not rip off the scene, but like like homages, homages to like the ori- to like you know Toriyama's original work. Yeah, like I mean, heck, um, like that whole film is mainly more about Piccolo and Gohan sort of getting the spotlight. Yeah, and you know that could be considered fans because for a lot of fans, yeah, people like Piccolo, people like Gohan, but you know they feel there like were so been... many jokes in that movie that like if you were a longtime fan, they hit you in a way. Yeah. Like, there, like there's a scene where just it's just a normal scene. It is a blink and you'll miss it if you'd never, like, read or watched Dragon Ball, right? The original Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. back when Goku was a kid, that Piccolo has a chair that's... I told you this when we were watching it. Yeah. That's King Piccolo's chair. Yeah. That's that's the chair. And then, like, it's all these moments where, like... Because everyone makes fun of, like, Piccolo being, like, Gohan's dad. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot of that in there. But also, like... You know, when Gohan turns into other another new form, it is a straight like image, like scene for scene. Basically, the moment when he turns Super Saiyan two. Yeah, like it's it, it feels like a recreation of when he turns Super Saiyan two. Yeah, you know? like, um, yeah, it's it's uh you know, and I feel like that sort of thing. Heck, even like probably like the Broly movie could you could consider it fan service as well because one, it brings. Broly, who was always kind of like a movie character, then not really canon, yeah. into the actual Dragon Ball canon, and actually makes him a bit of a more interesting character. Yeah, because they because the movie was just like, okay, we just get this a one and done thing. Uh, he's angry. He's... He he he's mad that Goku cried as a baby. That's his. That's his, he has that he has the, a grudge. The, the jokes from Team Four Star are enough for you to get it. Yeah, like he's so cool, but his backstory's so lame. And this one's just like. Oh, he's been raised by 
an abusive father. <laughs> yeah, and like he's been living on this planet for a while, and he yeah. gets picked up by the freezer force and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, no, I mean like at the end of the day, I think that movie does. I think as a lot of fans are as well. Obviously, as well as a uh, freaking Gogeta getting canonized as well. Yeah, you don't get one, you get two. You get two fusions in in the world of Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. Vegito and Gogeta, because that was always kind of the the fun thing. Like I know, like technically, Gogeta was semi like who's always kind of weird because yeah they brought him in gt and gt's kind of like in a weird place of whether or not it is canon or not it probably isn't <laughs> yeah um considering like it, i mean yeah it's set right after z mm-hmm. um but you know it doesn't include any of the stuff that happened you know because that was made first yeah before super because super picks up like is uh pretty much right at the like a couple years after the Boo saga, but like way before like the actual final chapters of the Dragon Ball Z manga, where yeah. you know the world tournament again, um, with Oob and stuff, and that's where like GT picks up like afterwards. Which so, I feel like some people could still consider GT can to a sense. I mean, it's possible, um, because like I'm not sure if Toriyama like really cares enough to like go back. And, like, try to make, have all the super stuff, like, get wrapped up to the point where, like, it makes sense for what happens in the end of the Dragon Ball manga. Mm-hmm. And then picks up. Well, to be fair, he had that much of control in during GT, so. Yeah, for, yeah, I don't think but, he even had control. Back to the fan service thing. But, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, like, it is super fan service that you get to see Gogeta fight Broly. Yeah, because, like, you know? that's so cool. That's something, like, as a fan, you would love to see, especially animated the way it was. Yeah, I mean, Dragon Ball... I mean, heck, like, shonen anime is always filled with, like, uh, who would win fights, right? Yeah. So, to get, like, that... Get one of, like, hey, here's Broly versus Gogeta, alright? Like, actually happening, like... Mm-hmm. Let's see how that works out. Yeah. And, like, okay, just to, and to throw out another anime one, um, this one specifically ties to the first season. And so, big Gundam fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. Big Gundam fan. Yeah. I love Gundam Build Fighter Season 1. That was, to me, like, the big love letter to the fans. Because, like, not only do you have, like, main characters being, like, Gundam fans. Like, literally, the main character himself literally lives... Like, his he's, his house is also, like, a, sh- a model kit shop. Mm. And they sell primarily Gundams. Yeah. And literally, the first scene you have them, when he, some kid asks... Hey, what's that? He's like, oh, that's the Wing Gundam from Gundam Wing, developed by da 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 And the dad's like, please stop. Like literally, it's like I am a walking encyclopedia. I must unleash my knowledge. Yeah, he's that. That is him. And then, like, to to surprise, if you pay attention, and this, and while it was coming out, they people had like a Where's Waldo thing game going on. Like the fans, because like if you notice, like in the background, like like one like just like a background character, no 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 soul like importance at all. Hey, look, it's 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 Benajer or Amro or Shar. They're in the background, oh, not doing like, shit. Like, I guess like yeah, it's just like random like character cameos in the yes. background. Like that doesn't really mean anything. No, but like it's like kind of like a neat like oh yeah, look that's neat. Yeah, and like. I'm not gonna say who, but there's a but one character who is an established character from a Gundam series is a is like a supporting character in this show, and you're like, wait, you're here, and he's like, yeah, I'm just here to give some advice, you know, help the main character along, and it's like, 
oh and it's like this like i'm saying like like for and i talked to this with people like for a lot of us we felt like the first uh season of gundam build fighters was a love letter to the fans because like there even to a point there's an episode where it's like okay here's all the cameos that we didn't mm-hmm. get we couldn't we couldn't we literally couldn't get to mm-hmm. it's like oh look it's like there's a moment where like you see like there's this, these characters who have like a, such a sad tragic story in their original continuity but they're just hanging out hanging out being happy and i'm like oh you bastards you're pulling my heartstrings like what could have been what What could have been (laughs) so like like that for me is like i always consider that like being like the that that show to be like the pinnacle of good fan service no i get it i think i I understand that because obviously like yeah the background cameos don't detract from anything no they're just kind of neat little things for yeah like, and there was and there was fans. one in every episode which is why i say like when it was coming out a lot of the fans were like having a where's waldo mm-hmm. kind of thing like we would just, like after we watched the whole episode we just go back and be like okay who's here yeah who's here yeah. and then someone in the comments like at this you know time period that's where you'll find uh so and so and it's like oh shit he's right oh yeah yeah and i think what you mentioned like uh, one of the cameo characters actually has a significant role. Yeah. Which, again, yeah, like, much like how to re- relating to No Way Home's fan service, like, mm-hmm. yeah, fan, good fan service, you know, if you want it to be, like, actually meaningful, is that, like, sometimes these fan service moments add weight, you know, add, mm-hmm. you know, like, plot importance and, like, progression to various things. They're not just there to be there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, if you wanted it to be there to be there, have it be, like, a little background thing or, like, a post-credits thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I yeah, I definitely understand how uh this this works although if i if i remember correctly um i'm pretty sure that show is basically just beyblade but with gunpla yeah and like it does a good job of like giving you sort of emotional weight Uh it's it's i i I give it to like something like Yu-Gi-Oh, where like it's just a children's card game fair enough yeah where like that's the joke everyone makes but like there's somehow at the same time very emotional moments Listen, man, if you don't tear up when Yugi has to fight Joey, who's under the mind control of uh, Merrick, and he decides to sacrifice himself so that Joey can live, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, you're not a real man. <laughs> that was that was, a, that was such a good episode, to be fair. Yeah, and then fucking Joey just jumps in, and then fucking Serenity, like, you know, like, her eyes are finally healed, and she just fucking rescues Joey and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's like, oh, yeah. There's an I mean, emotional way here. Yeah, I mean, granted, there's a lot of dumb stuff that also happens in that orc. I mean, I don't... <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, like, it just it proves our scene, right? It proves yeah, our point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it does. Um, Yeah, and, yeah, I think at the end, you know, that's, that's from a good ba- fan service. But mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would hazard to guess, I mean, like, obviously I think we m- kind of mentioned, like, what we feel is, like, kind of, like, bad fan service where it just adds nothing. Mm. I'm, like, I guess in, like... I'm trying to think of like, of like, of a show or something I remember re- watching recently where I would consider that as like, just not like unnecessary fan service. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of like hard to think of, right? Yeah, because I guess to like at the end of the day, like fan service, it's in the name, like it's to service the fans, mm-hmm. and for some fans, you know, they'll they'll like whatever the creators give them, right? But uh, I think rarely has there ever been like a moment of like fan service where like the fans are like, okay, this is a little much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess 
to keep to keep it back on anime, I guess there's probably some animes that do the whole TNA fan service where there's probably some people that are just like, why do we need this? Why is this here? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Even like some of the fan service and like where it's not stuff like that, it just feels like really weird and dumb. Like, there's there's a reason why I don't like Fake Man Org so much. Uh, I mean, I I yeah yeah I yeah that that uh the game is uh I guess you could say it has a lot of fan service moments of like various characters that normally wouldn't meet. Yeah, interacting. I probably it's probably. Uh, I guess for some people. Um, the interactions of say, uh, this character, this character, oh, what's her name? Saber, right? Yeah. Uh, the regular one, not yeah. like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so many. Yeah, so many. There's so many. OG, got it. Yeah, and, uh, John Dark, like, you know, cause I think they have like a, like a weird kind of relationship. Yeah, they kind of don't like each other. Yeah. Which I'm like, yeah, no, I guess that makes sense. Uh, One's British, the other's French. You know, they've had a long history of... I mean, John d'Arc, she literally fought against the British in, like... Yeah. What, what is it, 300 years war? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of history there. There's yeah. a bit of history, but it's like... But why would you... Like, you have no reason for... for what? Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I mean, obviously that game also does some other... Types of fan service, uh, mm. and I, I understand it. You, you don't particularly enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, I think it's just like when. But to me, I when I can't, it's hard for me to think of like bad fan service because. I tend to ignore anything that I know it's gonna be bad fan service. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, cause, well, here's the thing, I feel like if I hear more of the fan servicey thing. Then I'm probably not gonna like it as much, you know what I'm saying? Like if it leans really hard and like yes, like that feels like the, it's that's the only thing it has of substance. Yeah, whether it be a movie or an anime, like you, you know which is a good one. Yeah, The Matrix Reloaded. I mean, no, re, re, um, Resurrection. Resurrections. There we go. Yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah that I think I understand that one because one it definitely is super meta. Yeah. Obviously, like, there's that whole goddamn scene where it's, like, a boardroom, like... Because, obviously, it's, like, Keanu is back in the Matrix, you know? Yeah. He's uh, making a video game. He's making the video game. The Matrix, right? Yeah. And, like, you know, it, it, they're, they're making a new one. And, you know, there's a boardroom scene where, like, we need our bullet time. Bullet time. Bullet, and it's just, like, what the... F-? You know? <laughs> like, who's, who talks like this? Y- yeah. Yeah. And then and we obviously reviewed that, like... When it came out, um, you can go find it on the channel or yeah. you know, uh, or the podcast episode um, to hear our full thoughts on that. But and, I, and I've heard like comments saying like, "Well, that's how you know it's a simulation because no one will talk like that." But I'm like, someone still wrote that though. <laughs> one, someone still wrote that, and two, I feel like for the most part, even when you look back at the old Matrix movies, people like I mean, the only people that talked in century like that were like just the AIs and not like the people who were like put in there. Yeah. Because they they, they they were written to act like it would be a simulation. Yeah, like I feel like uh, the the machines would would probably would do better to try to make accurate humans. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And then the kid was like, oh, "Okay, uh, bringing on too off track with the Matrix." But, but, but kind of to go back on it, there there's always there were always those scenes of like, remember the old Matrix? 
Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I do remember that. Stop showing me over and over again. Heck, I mean, the literally opening scene of that movie is yeah. just them like relooking at like one of the old scenes of the of the of the Matrix. I think it was like Matrix Two. I think. Yeah, it was. It's it was the beginning of yeah. that movie film. It's like, oh, we're doing it from this point of view. Of like and, just the characters looking over and reacting to it. Yeah, so. and to be, I'll be honest, that one was fine, but it was like that. But it kind of was really weird and awkward. Was it still? Yeah, it was like weird. It was weirdly paced. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, it, it tried to have this nice mess, this message, but like, a lot of the meta commentary and other things just didn't land well for me. Mm-hmm. And and part of it was just that fan servicey stuff. Yeah. Because, like, you can't deny, like, half of it was, like, let's do these fan servicey moments. And it's just, like, okay, um, but these ring kind of hollow. Yeah. And remember, remember everyone was talking, like, well, of course it was bad because they didn't intend to make it good. I'm, like, I, I don't believe that. No one goes and makes, like, I mean, I guess you could argue that, like, the idea of, like, someone going out and making a bad movie on purpose mm. probably rings true of, like, say, Sharknado stuff. Yeah. You know, like, those type of movies. Mm. They're like, oh, yeah, these are clearly, like, just stupid, dumb, and, like, are, like, <laughs> are just there to be bad, mm-hmm. right? But, like, I feel like Matrix Re- Re- Resurrections is very much in the line of, like, they wanted to make a mo- good movie, and it just turned it out very weird. Like, you can never recreate the room, right? Like, you can never recreate it by going out and trying to make it bad. Mm-hmm. Like, a bad movie like The Room. The Room is bad because someone put in all this effort believing that they were making a good movie only for it to be very bad. Yeah, like, there's a reason why, um, you know, the, the Disaster Artist movie with James Franco was made the way it was, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't made... To like, they didn't recreate the room. They they, they, they made a movie based on making the room. Yeah, it's a movie about the making of the room, and seeing all the crazy shit that went down in that movie, and trying to go into the mind of Tommy Wiseau. You know? Where he's like, "This is a good idea," and it's everyone's like, "This is not a good idea." Like, where's the water on set? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this late, this old lady's just passed out because she doesn't have water. <laughs> Jesus. God damn. I totally forgot about that scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You did drugs, Denny? <laughs> You're not my fucking mother. <laughs> it's a good... Oh, God. That was, that was such a good movie. Uh, but, like, yeah. That that was, like, for me, like... That you can consider fan service, too. I mean, maybe for, like, people who are, like, really into the room, right? Of, like, uh, hey, yeah, like, you know, the room is, like, one of these... Like, seminal, like, so bad it's good movies, right? Yeah. Where it's like, who the hell is Tommy Wiseau and why the hell did he do all this shit? Yeah. Right? Uh, but, but I, I guess that, I feel like when it comes to, like, traditional fan service mm-hmm. of, like, what most people think about, it's like, you know, it's of, a, of, a, of an established property mm-hmm. that, um... Is getting some sort of continuation. Yeah, and has like you know does a bunch of nods to uh, stuff that's happened before, or whatever mm-hmm. you know. I mean, like um, obviously, I think uh, to bring it back to a little bit of Marvel, um, Endgame is pretty fan servicey when you think about it. Oh yeah, no, definitely. But 
I feel for my for me and like a lot of people, it's kind of warranted. Yeah, it's one. Yeah, one. I think it's warranted, and two, it's more like um, finally built, uh, paying off a lot of stuff that was kind of set up mm-hmm. uh, before. Uh, I think the biggest one is being a uh, cap uh, wielding Mjolnir because mm-hmm. I was set up since Avengers two, and you're always sort of like, it moved a little. Is it possible? And then obviously, you know, you get the big scene at the end, right? Yeah. Then the fight with Thanos is like, oh yeah, it's finally here, you know? Yeah, but it still also has like good story moments yeah absolutely like i know for you it was like that when he just stood up against like against Thanos' entire army with cap yeah like you know like i i i uh was hoping that they would maybe somewhat recreate the lines from the infinity gauntlet comic where like it's uh captain america just literally like staring at thanos being like you know like as long as there's one man that you know one person that can stand up to you you'll never win you know Mm -hmm. like kind of line yeah uh but they didn't do that but they did that visually i felt obviously because yeah. it's like literally cap against the entire army all he does is just strip like tighten the the shield straps and just go oh, let's go because like <laughs> one because you can see the cut in his arm yeah because like it hurts but he's got it yeah it's like let's go he just gets the hammer and he's like oh, let's go yeah <laughs> it's not even like a, a manly let's go it's like I can do this all day, baby. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, like, I definitely mm-hmm. do think, like, is there, like, you ever, you ever think, like, I think uh, it's probably a good question, but also probably has a solid answer of, like, do you think when is too much, when is fan service too much, you know? Like, I mean, Matrix, I think, is more of, like, um, because like, I feel like the Matrix fan service in Resurrections is more of, like, like it's a commentary on itself, I think. I don't know. It's weird. It's it tries to be commentary, but it doesn't like answer anything. Yeah, like I never, I guess in my brain, I don't think I can't really think of like something I've watched where like there's so much fan service where mm-hmm. it's just like please stop, no more, right? Yeah, I don't really know myself off the top of my head, but I feel like. I think it kind of depends, right? Right. If you yourself are so ingrained already that seeing all these fan service moments is becoming too much for you. Because if you're someone who hasn't been capping off and this is your introduction, you wouldn't know it's fan service unless it's so blatantly fan service, right? I think that's when it becomes bad, when it's so blatantly and kind of like not even done in a tasteful and respectful way. Right, mm-hmm. like so, like I was saying, like you know, about that Gundam Bill Fighter show. Yeah, they had an episode where it was just nothing but, like, there's still like character moments and yeah. character story. Like it was like we're all having fun before the last big uh, fight for the tournament, and like, but like before so, he was like, oh look, it's so and so, it's so and so. I'll give you one for you because you, I know you've seen some. It's Hathaway and what the fuck was her name again? Quest on a date. Because that would never happen. (laughs) (laughs) Those two did not end up happy. Yeah, no. uh, I remember watching uh, Shark's Counter-Attack. Those two don't really have that great of a relationship. No, it's very toxic. And it's like, oh, look! Looks like they actually have a healthy relationship. Probably not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, 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 no. This is the world where she actually is, is okay and not crazy. Perhaps, maybe. I don't know. Um, listen if shark can be like having a happy day with lala we're fine 
Yeah. But that, you know, that, that makes sense to their characters, mm-hmm. right? But, but you know, to the point, like, that, there was a lot of that, but it wasn't done distastefully. It was done with at least a level of respect. Right, right. Where I feel like if you were just like, look, it's this, and this is that, and it's, uh, like, it, that's when I feel like it's gone too far. Mm-hmm. That, for me, is when it's too far. That, I can't think of one off the top of my head where it's just that, because, like, I think someone would be like, okay, that's too much fan service. we got to pull it back. Yeah, and I, I guess at the same time, there's probably some people who... There's probably some fans out there mm-hmm. that are really into, like, fan service of, like, just getting all they want, you mm-hmm. know? Because like, I feel like that's... that That is... There is a contention of fans out there for any type of media that are just a little bit, uh... Well, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, starved? No, I, I, not necessarily starved. I mean, I guess some would be starved. Um, like, um, what's the word I'm thinking about? It's like, it's like they feel like they deserve it, you know? Ah, okay, okay, okay. Like, they deserve this sort of a... Yeah, like, I've been a fan for this long. I deserve to see, you know, this stuff happen or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, like, I guess, like, the closest thing I can think of is, like, you know, like, those type of fans that like to ship characters together... Getting upset that the characters they they liked that w- they want them to get together never get together at the end, right? I guess. Like I can kind of see that being like. Yeah, but those those are like so far in between, right? Yeah. Like, usually you kind of already know who gets with who, and in, in, in that term, and like in the entitled. That's the word. I was Inti- for. Okay, yeah. yeah so entitled that, fans, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Like, there's a, there's a, I think in like every fandom, there's always like a contention of fans that feel that they're entitled. To get like certain big fan servicey moments because hey, I've been a fan of this property for X amount of years. I've been you know supporting everything you you mm-hmm. know this 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 whole property has done. I want you know, I want satisfaction. <laughs> and to, if you are one of those, screw you. I mean, yeah, because I think at the end of the day, when it comes to fan service, it's usually up to the creators to be like, okay, let's you know give them mm-hmm. a bone, right? Yeah. Like the creators of these properties decide are, are more or less the ones that decide mm. how things should go uh, or how things should end up. I mean, and while yeah, fan input can be nice at times, uh, you know, and it's just sometimes you just gotta let the creators do what they want to do. And you know, and some fans are very entitled. I feel of just like, hey, I want it to be just this, just that. You know, that's why I was kind of alluding to with the. The whole, like, you know, fans that like to ship characters together. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes they feel like they're entitled to see that, you know, ship or whatever, mm-hmm. like, come together. And then, you know, they get a little pissy when it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I, ha- I think I have a good... I-, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people tend to look at Into the... Uh, let's Into the Spider-Verse. Um, uh, no Way Home? No Way Home in such, like, a level of criticism. Because it's, like, it's what the fans wanted. We're only doing this because of the fans. But like, as we talked about earlier, the way they handled those those like, quote unquote fan servicey moments, mm-hmm. they were done with you know care and taste. Like that's something that you know they actually you know pay attention. Like yeah, okay, we're okay. Fans want to see this. Let's do. Let's make this work. Yeah. Let's. How can we make that work? How can we make this work and still have a satisfying story? And conclusion of this Spider-Man trilogy we've been making, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know they pulled it off, I think, pretty well. Yeah, and like, 
you, there's even like to be fair, even some fan servicing moments in like Doctor Strange, right? The Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. But like, even then, it was just like, okay, it's there, nothing really to worry about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there was the tons of people that. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's like the big reveals of uh, uh, Mr. Fantastic and Professor X, and the actors who play them are definitely the big like fan service moment because mm-hmm. you're expecting maybe it's going to be like a different person in the role yeah but it turns out oh it's that guy the guy we've been th- we've been, we've been saying that would look great as this character yeah, john krasinski as mr fantastic literally the guy that we photoshopped to make him look like mr fantastic and there's and people who are upset that he got killed i'm like what do you think was gonna happen <laughs> first of all he's in an alternate reality anyway and we're getting a fantastic movie Four, Fantastic Four movie, like, in a couple, like, what, two, three years, maybe? Mm. And, and it might not be John Krasinski? It's really, like, I mean, yeah, like, it's there to, like, be like, hey, that looks cool, you know? Yeah. I feel like that happens sometimes in Super Mario's too. like, freaking uh, Deadpool 2, uh, the invisible guy, bringing Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's tons of times where, like, that happens where, like, there's actors who, like, will show up to do, like, a bit role for a superhero movie because, realistically, they don't really want to do, like, a superhero movie, like, for real. So they'll just mm. do, like, a bit role and, like... Yeah, but John Cena kind of does want to, but, like, he's totally... But I'm pretty I'm sure I'm pretty sure that was a good one, a good way to... Good way uh, to, like, satisfy that. Yeah. Like, he's like, okay, I've seen the memes about mm. me being Mr. Fantastic. I'll do it. Uh, I really wanted to be Captain America, but, like, I can do... I can do Mr. Fantastic. I don't know. I I still am of the belief. Yeah. Because of the fact that the Black Bolt in... Uh, in Multiverse of Madness is the same black guy who plays Black Bolt in the Inhuman show that like I am willing to believe that John Krasinski will still be Mr. Fantastic for the Fantastic Four movie Uh, and if he's not and if he's not I am going to be fine with that because at the end Mm -hmm. of the day I'm just going to roll it up as multiverse shenanigans you Mm -hmm. know just as how like there's different looking Peter Parkers there's probably different looking uh, Reed Richards yeah yeah, because I remember people being like, say like, oh, I can't believe that they did this. It's like, just I'm like, that was just a one-off thing. <laughs> you knew that this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. You knew that what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I don't expect much, like, these characters to stick around, even for, like, I was always I wasn't expecting them to get murdered off. That quickly? That quickly. Uh, I, I was more expecting them to be just, like, there for, like, that movie and probably not show up mm-hmm. again. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting, um, how that ends up. But yeah, no, I think that's another, like, sort of use of fan service, right? Yeah. It's not that intrusive. It's not terrible. No. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, there's been others that have done done it better. Now, question is, to to end it off, is fan service bad? No, depending on how it's done. Yeah, I think that's sort of the uh, big overarching theme of uh, this this episode of like when we talk about fan service is that much like anything, you yeah. know, f- fan service in moderation is good. If you do too much, uh, if you have like a bunch of fan service, but it doesn't mean many a lot of things mm-hmm. in terms of your story, then it's probably not worth it. Um, but if it's done in a way where like it's to complement the story and it helps, you know. Uh, helps make the story better then yeah it's like that's great it's actually makes it a lot better so like the the idea of fan service is because i feel like that's a situation where everyone wins yeah the creators win because they are able to produce a good story and the fans win because they get 
solid fan service and a great story. Yeah, exactly. Hence why I say that Gundam Bill, that first season of Gundam Bill Fighters, is like to me the the mo- the peak of like fan fan service done well. I mean, everything about that was like one. It was a fun story, great action. The fan service was nice, and it was tasteful. It was fun for the fans, and like. A lot of it was just like if you knew if you're in the know then you know this yeah so it's like it was like a perfect combination hence why I call it tend to call it like a love letter to the fans yeah and, and I know a lot of of Gundam fans as well believe that too yeah and like just because it has fan service doesn't mean it's an automatic negative no I not like I mean I guess you could maybe argue if it's the TNA kind of a fan service then maybe maybe then maybe it's a little like you know bad Mm -hmm. but i mean you know obviously it depends on the property of that show i mean Mm. if it's just a if it's an uh a raunchy harem anime then you i feel like most audiences are fully well expecting stuff like that to happen i have not seen one of those in years now i think we're done with those yeah i feel like well would you would you would you consider rent a girlfriend? Uh, no. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll put that we'll put that in the in the waste basket for now. <laughs> Where it belongs. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a good way to end. This, that's right? a good way to end. It. Yeah. Um. Thanks for guys for checking us out. Be sure to follow us on all social medias at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Centurions. And on Instagram, where we're most active, you'll find us uh, a link tree to all the podcasts that are officially part of like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, all the like, and you'll find a link tree to our YouTube for all you all listeners out there. Wanna put a face of the boys. That's where you'll find us. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and you can support us on Patreon. We have it up there just for fun. Really you can be there to support us anyway. And yeah, that's the end of the episode. Fan service ain't that bad. Depending on how it's done. Yeah, that you know, fan service is fun. You know, you want it to be fun. Yeah. Just don't do it too much. You yeah. Know? Not not too much. You can't have too much ice cream or else your stomach's gonna get bad. That's that's what fan service is. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's your, have it's a it's an ice cream cake. Too much ice cream cake is bad for you. Yeah, obviously. You get you get you get fat and it's <laughs> too much. <laughs> Anyways, guys, you have a good one. Uh, it's me, your boy Eli. It's me, Joe. Yeah, with the experience. Peace.